0: Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on AllHabs.net, brings you the latest news, in depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. With your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Uh, This is episode 101 of the Canadian's Connection podcast, and uh, I'm pleased to be joined in studio by uh, Mr. Rick Stevens, the editor in chief, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing on this fine day?
2: Good afternoon, sir. Um, episode one hundred and one, which uh, one hundred and one kind of uh, reminds us of school, reminds us of yeah. the return <laughs> to school uh, for most uh, this week. School, university, colleges are are back in whatever form that yeah. that is in this uh, pandemic uh, situation, and uh, and and yourself. Um, yeah, everything go all right the first week.
1: Yeah, back at it again, and of course, as you know, as as you just noted in a. In a COVID nineteen world, it's it's a little bit different than what we've become accustomed to, but I mean that's that's how it's always been. That's how it's been since March, uh, adjusting to things that uh, don't seem normal. And uh, you know, obviously, this this back to school season is usually uh, usually joined by the excitement of a hockey season being right around the corner. But as it is. We have the conference finals that we've been enjoying the past couple of nights, so it's it's certainly a strange time, but yes, everything uh, going, going according to plan so far. Conference
2: finals in the NHL, and um, Thursday night saw all four uh, major sports leagues, North yeah. American sports leagues in action, uh, the NHL, the NFL. Um, had its uh, opening game, MLB and NBA. Uh, uh, and uh, speaking of NBA, sorry about. Yeah. uh Sorry to hear about your Raptors.
1: It was it was a tough night, but uh, a season that was, um, you know, they weren't expected to be where they were, and and they gave it all that they had, and that's that's all you can do. Unfortunately, uh, to lose to Boston is a bit of a Ew. tough one. Uh, yeah. But hey, that's 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 how it goes, right? You, uh, some one day you're the the peacock, the next day you're the feather duster. <laughs> but uh, Rick, we have, after last week, the extravaganza that was episode oh, yeah. 100 of the Canadians Connection podcast, we had a lot of fun last week, a lot of fun messages from our teammates, or colleagues here at Rocket Sports Media, and uh, of course, uh, some, some uh, other uh, notable guests, including Charlie Lindgren and, and Bobby Farnham. We're going to have an equally fun show here today because... We're going to be previewing the off season to come, really. And there was a lot that has been talked about, a lot that has been discussed with respect to the Montreal Canadiens um, and really sort of interesting uh, conversations that have been starting to uh, begin with respect to what they might be thinking heading into uh, this really interesting, different offseason that uh, is going to be uh, incredibly unique uh, <laughs> in comparison to some that we've seen in years past.
2: For sure. And uh, um, that 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 100th episode, um, I'll just mention uh, it, it was it was amazing for us, as you said, the entire Rocket Sports team. We had Mike Augello, mm-hmm. uh We had uh, Charlie Ingram and, and Bobby Farnham. And, and if you haven't listened to it. Go back to our archives, uh, canadiansconnection.com because uh, it was a, a real special show and we want to thank yep. uh, everybody for uh, for contributing. It was uh, a real team effort. Loved it. And, yeah,
1: Michael Augello was a fantastic guest as well. So certainly, uh, yeah, it's right there in our archives. You can go back and have a listen to it if you missed it. But uh, we do have a lot to get to here today. Mm-hmm. We're going to be discussing on uh, some rumors linking the Canadians to a big fish and free agency. We have... Uh, a couple of quick hit things to discuss. A trade that transpired last night. We have uh, an Elliot Friedman commenting on some things that we're going to get to in segment two with respect to Max Domi and Philip Deneau, uh, two guys who have been in the news the last couple of weeks. And uh, Elliot Friedman shedding some light on who might be in, who might be out for the Montreal Canadiens uh, in this offseason. So, Rick, we'll get started uh, with uh, a really interesting, well, a signing. For the Laval Rocket, uh, Kevin Lynch, uh, the R- Rocket signed to a one-year, one-way AHL contract. Twenty-nine-year-old uh, tallied twenty-one points in fifty-four games played for Laval last season. So, uh, bringing him back into the fold.
2: A bit of an AHL veteran and and uh, a veteran of ECHL as well, and and uh, became a a favorite of uh, Joel Bouchard. He was he was trusted. Um, and um, for my money, uh, you know, uh, a bit of a detriment to a player like Ryan uh, Paling because uh, with Joel Bouchard trusting uh, Kevin Lynch, uh, Kevin Lynch out there taking face offs instead of Ryan Paling. Um, and, and Joel Bouchard's comment when asked about that was, uh, well, the rest of the bench would be mad at me if I, I sent. Uh, uh, Ryan Paling out, and, and he lost a faceoff, which, I mean, you're a development <laughs> league. He's yeah. supposed to learn how to. That's, if you're not learning how to take faceoffs there, where are you going to learn? Um, and uh, But anyway, you need AHL veterans to surround your prospects. Uh, my concern is that that list of AHL veterans is starting to pile up with Kevin Lynch, Alex Belzil, uh, Laurent Defant, Joseph yeah. Landizi, Andrew Sturts, Aaron Luchik, Jacob Lucchini. Uh, <laughs> last year it was was Yannick Veilleux and Joe Cox. Um, so where where is this all going? We we don't know. And and some of these players could be for. And we talked about this before. Perhaps there's going to be uh, an ECHL. Uh, affiliate. Um, yeah. Whenever uh, next season gets uh, underway for uh, Laval, we'll see. But uh, yes, a familiar, uh, a familiar face in Kevin Lynch coming back.
1: And uh, some other news with with uh, related to the Laval Rocket. Uh, you had uh, Hayden Verbeek uh, loaned to a Slovakian club, and this is something that we've seen a couple of times in in recent weeks with uh, some younger players for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and Hayden Verbeek expected to be back for 2020-2021 training camp, whenever that is, but for the time being, uh, headed over to Slovakia.
2: And a good move, uh, allowing him to uh, to get some action in. Um, Verbeek played uh, six games with Laval um, uh, last year and was loaned out uh, to an ECHL team. That being Adir- Adirondack uh, last year, so it's he's getting he's going to get some action, and and we we've seen this before with uh, Lucas Fatimo, Jacob Olsson, uh, Otto Leskinen. Otto Leskinen was um, in the lineup uh, this week for for Kalpa uh, and got two assists. Um, Matthias Norlander is playing, um, yeah, and uh, so it's it's it, and we see it. Um, you know, Mark Barberio uh, we saw this week uh, was was loaned. Um, Hayden Hockey, former uh, Canadians connections there. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's it's something all teams are doing and and uh, and a positive move. And and, and the key is that uh, the contract is is structured so that they can return for training camp whenever that happens.
1: Yeah, and that's we'll be getting to some uh, critical dates that are going to be upcoming uh, just in a little bit. But uh, we'll, we'll go to our favorite segment here on this podcast. They said what? And uh, this week, there's one piece of, uh, of news that came from Darren Dreger who has sort of been linking the Montreal Canadiens to a big fish in this year's free agency for almost a year now, and that mm-hmm. is Taylor Hall. And you remember back to just before he was traded to Arizona – Drager again uh, linking Taylor Hall to um, the Montreal Canadiens saying that he wouldn't be um, you know sort of intimidated by the market and anyways uh, Darren Drager on TSN 690 uh, reiterated those comments this week.
3: Well number one if we, if we talk about destinations uh, I can certainly uh, build a case for the Montreal Canadiens. I can't. Uh, the one-year term uh, I don't see that happening because you know the, the Arizona Coyotes have been persistent in expressing their interest in, in keeping Taylor Hall with the Coyotes and uh, there was another conference call this week with agent Darren Ferris I I know this, if Taylor Hall is looking for the most money that he can push out of unrestricted free agency, chances are he's going to get that by staying with the Arizona Coyote. But there will be lots of teams interested. I think Taylor would be interested in the Montreal Canadiens. He likes playing in that environment. He enjoyed his time in Edmonton. He's not afraid of the media and all of those things. I mean, markets in Canada are fun um, when, when you're when you know what you're getting into. But a one-year deal for a star NHL forward, uh, I I understand the pandemic and I understand the issues. I think, though, that there's a separation here. I think you've got your top-end defense, like Petrangelo... Uh, Torik Krug is going to get paid not in Boston, but he's going to get paid outside of Boston. Um, and then then you look at your forwards, and Taylor Hall is right near the top of the list. So I wouldn't exclude Montreal as a possibility, but I can't imagine that Hall takes a one-year term,
2: so there had been the suggestion that uh, well, maybe he'll he'll come on a one- year kind of uh, prove me deal. and, and but also uh, that that uh, maybe during, the uh, COVID uh, affected um, times that that uh, the money wouldn't be available for him, um, as as Drager said, and I believe uh, the big fish are uh, are going to get paid, and it'll be the uh, the other the, the middle the middling guys and and lower guys that uh, may be getting squeezed. Uh, but again, as you said, Darren Drager, um, he is uh, linking. Uh, the Canadians as a possibility, he said, I won't exclude them. So that's not uh, the biggest endorsement, but yeah. uh, saying that that he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't uh, exclude the Canadians and 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 linking the two together. The other name that was mentioned in there, uh, Darren Ferris, uh, Taylor Hall's agent. We remember that uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, that's the new agent for Max Domi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if if this is to be believed, and uh, obviously, I mean, uh, it's it's certainly early on in this process, and Darren Dreger saying not that he was going not going to exclude the Montreal Canadiens, which I mean, even that is. Just Going to be enough to get Montreal Canadiens fans fired up about the possibility <laughs> of signing Taylor Hall. But even if, if that's to be believed, that Mark Bergerman is going to be dealing with uh, Darren Ferris uh, quite a lot in uh, this offseason. <laughs> uh, but Rick, moving on to uh, another uh, video that was released uh, yesterday by the Montreal Canadiens on their official YouTube account. Uh, I watched it yesterday. Yasperi uh, Katkiniemi uh, revisiting. The 2018 NHL draft, where, of course, he's drafted third overall. And uh, they've, they've since done one of Jonathan Drouin as well. But this one with Yusperi Kutkaniemi was uh, particularly interesting. From Asset of the Finnish Elite
4: League, Jasperi Katkinemi. I was super, so I was sweating like know. hell. Yeah, and uh, when I just heard my name, it was like <laughs> big relief. And, uh, and, you know, <laughs> uh, there's so a little like awkward C- hogs. <laughs> <a block laughs> then here's the lady, <laughs> <They> <laughs> who obviously didn't like me too much. <laughs> but yeah, I think <laughs> she might be a HAPS fan now. Hope so. Don't know.
3: In February against this peer group at a 5 tournament in Plymouth, Michigan. I remember when
4: I walked walked this stage, my legs were just uh, shaking like, like hell. So uh, <laughs> it was scary. I remember when I put my hands, when I went in the row, I put my hands wrong way with the birds. So I was like <laughs> trying to get there, but uh,
3: I
1: got it at the end.
3: Bottom line is this guy is a really good player, is and he, he top plays line the ga- center. Yes, he is. He, he plays is. The complete elite. He plays the game like Kopitar. I believe the forecast right now is that he's projected guarantees to be a second line center in the National Hockey League, but certainly has a chance to move into that. And the way he played <laughs> at the World Under eighteen Championships in April reminded a lot of scouts of the way Alexander Barkov played in his draft He's not the yeah. I think it's pretty he's solid.
4: Everything went pretty well. We look good there. Everyone's smiling. I didn't expect like they gonna take me. The third pick is pretty high, so I maybe wasn't ranked it ranked it that high. Brings up good memories, you know. Draft went super fast, but uh, it was still so fun.
2: Yes, yes. Barry Kanyemi is just delightful, and, and his <laughs> reflections there are are just fun. Just fun.
1: Absolutely, and uh, man, if if that lady I we remember the lady with the reaction <laughs> that was that went viral. Uh, that night, uh, if she's not a Sprague Cotton Yami fan after the 2020 NHL playoffs uh, and the return to play and the the series against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, man, I don't know what I don't know what it's gonna take because he That's was fantastic. Right. But uh, man, yeah, it was it was great to hear his reflections as you said. Um, and uh, yeah, just great to hear from Espericat Kanyami. He's got the uh, wonderful, wonderful sort of charm about him.
2: And just to 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 explain what what uh, what is happening there is, the Canadians asked him to watch the the coverage and and give his reflections. So we hear. At the beginning, we hear Shane Churla, uh from the podium announcing his name, and and that's the the uh, 2018 NHL Entry Draft in Dallas. That that we were there. In fact, that was that was where we met in person for the first time. Yeah, it and was. we had our, our group, uh, our Rocket Sports team. We had our, our group of, of winners in Dallas. It was it was great. Uh, but yes, as Cocky Nami said, uh, pick third, probably higher than than uh, most people had. Well most everyone uh had expected uh but the canadians wanted a center and they got their center and we saw as you said glimpses of of what he can be um in in the playoffs and and uh then as we went along you heard uh uh, Craig Button, uh, giving yeah. his, uh, views, Bob McKenzie on the TSN coverage, uh, talking about, uh, a guaranteed second line center, but maybe even depending on the progress, uh, higher than that. So, uh, it's, it was, it's fun for us to, uh, join him in, in, in his reflections as he yeah. looks back at the 2018 draft.
1: Absolutely. And, um, uh, a very easy segue to make. We have uh, Corey Promen of The Athletic who released his organizational rankings, ranking prospect pools of every NHL team. And Jesper Kalkiniemi was a part of that ranking with uh, respect to the Montreal Canadiens. I believe he was second behind Nick Suzuki um, in, that, uh, in the ranking for the Montreal Canadiens. But they finished ninth overall in the in the NHL, uh, in terms of their prospect pool, they're down three spots from Prominence 2019 ranking, uh, but still in that sort of top third of the league. So they're in they're in good company, and uh, certainly uh, I think this has been um, expected for the Montreal Canadiens, given how they've drafted, given the perception of, of their prospect pool around the NHL. But um, there are you know other teams that have uh, made some significant strides in that respect, and that's something that you see uh, with the Montreal Canadiens sliding three spots
2: well and i think that's significant because um we've always talked about in general uh for the last year the canadians are top 10 that's that's what what we've said uh you see on on twitter that it's uh almost an accepted fact that the canadians have the best prospect pool in the national hockey league well we you know we've we've kind of dispelled those myths before and 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 it's I'm. I'm not being critical of the Canadians' prospect pool. It's, no. It's just that look at other teams. Other teams have uh, great prospects too, and and you know we've talked about uh, uh, Ottawa and and being loaded. Uh, yeah. Ottawa's seventh, Carolina um, sixth, but all of these teams, Buffalo uh, number five, all of these teams uh, that the Canadians are are competing for in the Eastern Conference. Uh, competing with um and and you know this is going to be um cory pronman who did this and cory pronman's got a, a a long resume he follows uh prospects and we know because we see him on the road everywhere he sees more more games uh, with prospects than uh, than anybody and and this is different from scott wheeler you know scott wheeler's a bit new to the prospect game and and he had uh, the canadians third i believe in 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 the spring um but um, I, I, the the ones that uh, you know, uh, the Leafs he's got as fourth, and and yep. the Leafs uh, helped themselves in that trade in that Kapanen trade. Yeah, uh, Philippe Hollander uh, added. They have Tim- Timothy Timothy uh Rasmus Sundin, Nick Robertson, who yeah. we saw in in the playoffs. Uh, the one you have to worry about though is is the New York Rangers. Um, oh boy, uh, you know. Capo Caco, Adam Fox, Brett Howden, uh, Kravtsov. Um, even uh, um, uh, Charlie Lindgren's brother, Ryan Lindgren, Ryan. is is in yep. the list. And so um, uh, Corey Pronman has the, the New York Rangers listed as the number one team in terms of prospect rankings. However, yeah. that does not include Alexi Lafreniere.
1: And, <laughs> and when so- you mention, yeah, exactly, and this is... This is- accounting for what they already have. And you mentioned the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators are going to walk away with two more guys yes. out of this. The Toronto Maple Leafs are picking 15th overall. They could get a good player 15th overall. So this is the thing. It's ever-evolving. Just because the Montreal Canadiens for the last year have been talking about, and, and and experts, and you hear Craig Button and you mentioned Scott Wheeler, talking about the Montreal Canadiens having a great prospect pool, Yes, you can have a great prospect pool. It doesn't mean you have the best prospect pool because those are things that are constantly changing. It's very dynamic because players come and players go, and these young players in this year's draft they're not even being accounted for in this ranking, and that's something that that's going to be really interesting. Yeah,
2: and very dynamic is is that the key word? Uh, very uh, very fluid uh, be, yeah. because. Uh, the key, you, you know, um, once you have a, a a top prospect pool, it doesn't stay that way.
1: No <laughs> prospects
2: move, change, cha- they graduate, uh, some traded. Um, but uh, the the key for a general manager is marrying, uh, putting that puzzle together, marrying uh, the the veterans uh, that are going to uh, be required to to lead, uh, and in the Canadians. Uh, case we heard Mark Bergevin talking about his leaders will stay. Uh, that is Kerry uh, Price and uh, and Shea Weber, and he's got to make sure that his prospect pool, this much uh, ballyhooed prospect pool, uh, develops. Um, uh, you know, uh, at the at, at a time before the the veterans are uh, on the on the down on the downslide. The other part of it is that um, all those players, all those players that you've had I- as placeholders, um, while your prospects are developing from this prospect pool, there's going to be changes there. And so yes. that's why in the in the second segment, we're going to be talking about guys like Phil Deneau, guys like Max Domi, who, you know, you, you can't hold on to those guys, the placeholders, and yeah. and graduate the prospects. And we saw that uh, those prospects, especially up the middle for the Canadians, Nick Suzuki, Yasperi Kotkaniemi, may be ready to take on the roles that they were destined to, to have within the organization.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's something to certainly watch. And, and, and as we said, Elliot Friedman talked about the idea of potentially trading uh, a guy like Philip or Max Domi this offseason. But there was a trade last night that we're going to talk about uh, very quickly here. And you mentioned, uh, uh, you referenced a trade between the Leafs and the Penguins uh, where Philip Hallander went to Toronto, and you had, a, 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 you know, in a package for Kasperi Kapanen, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins were at it again. They traded Nick Bukestad, uh to Minnesota in exchange for a conditional pick in 2021. Pittsburgh also retaining a portion of Bukestad's cap hit as well. Uh, so this looks like a, a nice bit of business for the Minnesota Minnesota Wild, um, getting him on a sort of a, a, a having Pittsburgh retain some of his cap. We know the well documented uh, cap. Uh, struggles for the Minnesota Wild, so this is uh, this, uh, this. I like this move for uh, Minnesota
2: for sure. And uh, we both said we like um, Nick Bukestad. He's a, yeah. he's a big center. Uh, uh, can can be effective on their third line. Uh, the Wild have said, um, and and sadly a bit. I I th- I thought it was sad news when they said that they. Uh, in the exit meeting, they they said they're not uh, they don't intend. Uh, Bill Guerin said he doesn't intend to bring back Miku Koivu. Wow, um, yeah, you know that's tough. So they needed that's a some, tough one. Yeah, they needed somebody in that role, third, fourth line center, and uh, Bukestad fits it perfectly. He goes back home to Minnesota. He was uh, he played at, at at the University of Minnesota for the Gophers. Uh, he was uh, Minnesota's Mister Hockey. Uh, so this is this is a really good deal for uh, for the wild, but you see th- you see uh, the wheels turning uh, for Jim Rutherford. He wants picks, uh, yeah. so he's going to get a conditional pick. Looks like a seventh round pick out of this. Um, you know, Nick Bukestad didn't really contribute last year to their lineup anyway, as he was injured most of the season. Yeah, uh, supposedly uh, healthy now. Um, we've heard too that Jim Rutherford wants. Um, uh, a first round pick for Matt Murray, which uh, is a little steep, uh, but but there may be somebody wants. It. So you can see, I, I think that the Penguins have five uh, draft picks and they're looking to um, get more. And if we looked, going back to uh, uh, Corey Pronman's rankings, uh, I think the Penguins were 30th, 29th, 30th oh, in the, in yeah. the rankings. Um, so they need they need the prospect yeah. talent. They need prospects, and why is that important for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, they have uh, a lot of picks uh, that they can use uh, in a deal. So it's it's the the Penguins and the Capitals and those kinds of of teams who are going to be looking for uh, to to add to their uh, uh, draft pick pool for the upcoming draft.
1: Yeah, certainly. So I mean, it's it's going to be. Uh, interesting to see how uh, all these sort of things progress, especially for a team like Pittsburgh. I mean, obviously the, you know, Sidney Crosby of Guinea Malkin aren't getting any younger, so it's it's going to be time for them to start thinking a little bit about the future. Of course, you still have a chance with Sidney Crosby, but uh, something to watch for sure. Um, speaking of it, uh, we talked about the conference finals going on right now. Um, Robin Lehner and marc Andre Fleury. Uh, this has been one of the most interesting stories. Remember back to a couple weeks ago. The infamous tweet from Alan Walsh uh, with with Marc-Andre Fleury with a sword in his back that said DeBoer <laughs> on the blade. Um, yeah, so Robin Lehner, according to David Pognata of the fourth period, uh, he is reporting that the Vegas Golden Knights and Robin Lehner have agreed to a five-year contract extension. Uh, The structure of that contract was agreed to in June, according to Pagnata, but they have not put pen to paper. They've not made it official. That is what he is reporting at this moment in time. And it just sort of adds a whole new dynamic to this ever-evolving situation in Vegas that I think has become one of the most interesting stories in all of the NHL. For
2: sure. And I think, um, you know, there was publicly... Uh, Vegas said, uh, "Oh, we're adding insurance uh, yeah. with with uh, Leonard." But I I think it's obviously it was more than that. We've seen the decline in Mark Andre Fleury's play, uh, and and obviously Vegas saw that too and brought in Leonard. And now he has he's he's the number one goaltender yeah. uh, for the Golden Knights. There's there's no question there. And as you said, uh, uh, the Fleury camp's not uh, that happy about it. Um, but, uh, you know, Leonard was unhappy that this news came out during the conference finals. And you can understand why he doesn't want yep. anything distracting um, uh, to, to their mission. Uh, but it looks like um, five years, five million dollars uh, for Robin Leonard, which is a great deal for Vegas.
1: That is. Yeah.
2: And it also speaks, I think. It speaks to this idea that there's going to be wage suppression in the goalie market because there, there's just so many goalies that are going to be available. And we talked about the list uh, last week. And, and Matt Murray, who, who I just mentioned, Darcy Kemper, Marc-Andre Fleury, Braden Holtby, Corey Crawford, uh, Markstrom, Ranta, Kudobin, Grease, Elliot Miller, Howard, uh, any of these, you know, uh, yeah. what's going to happen Freddie Anderson. Here? Yeah. Freddie Anderson, there's another yeah. one. Um, and and uh, so if you can get Robin Leonard for $5 million, and I realize there's a term attached to it, but um, how good is Jake Allen's salary at 4.35 looking there? Yeah. Again, um, and, and that's why I was getting back from... From folks that I spoke to in the hockey community, saying, "Oh, this is this is a bit of a panic." Uh, now, listen, Mark Bergevan saw his guy. He got his guy. He Probably paid too much for his guy, uh, <laughs> and and but okay. But yeah. uh, there might be there might be a lot to choose from uh, when it when when this goalie uh, carousel starts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's shaping up to be one of the more interesting markets uh, for goaltenders. And there could be a lot of guys that you sort of come to know playing for a certain franchise that are going to be wearing different different uniforms next year. And it's going to make for really interesting. I mean, you saw, you talked about Matt Murray. I mean, the idea of Matt Murray, a guy that won two Stanley Cups for the Pittsburgh Penguins not too long ago, potentially joining another club. I mean, that's that's a, that's that's really interesting. That's going to be something to watch. And, um, and yeah.
2: one of the clubs we thought uh, would be involved in that is Colorado because it looked yeah. like goaltending was uh, their downfall. Um, yeah. But we had Joe Sackett come out this week, bit of a surprise for me, saying, uh, listen, I'm happy with, uh, with our goaltenders, Grubauer and Uh, Franzouz. Mm-hmm. uh I'm not going to be part of this goaltending uh, carousel. Um, and he said uh, they both got injured at the wrong time. Uh, that's why I've told them uh, to train hard in the off season, so it won't happen next year. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's an interesting one there. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll, and, and remember, yeah, remember back to 2018 as well. A group started the first uh, couple games for Washington in that playoff run before Holtby, you know, sort of yeah. took his spot back. And then, you know, um yeah, it's it's an interesting one for me. Obviously, you'd think that Colorado would want to be a little bit more aggressive in this spot, given that it just seemed like that was um, unfortunately their downfall. Maybe maybe it was just the injury. Maybe if Philip Grubauer is healthy, it changes. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll certainly have to monitor that going forward. And and we got some news with respect to the critical dates of this offseason and and what the critical dates will be going forward uh, in the NHL. And we had the NHL draft. Uh, It was announced we'll move up to the 6th and 7th of October, uh, while free agency will commence on the 9th. Um, So this is a little bit of a stranger year than most, of course, we know. And it's not going to be Canada Day. It's not going to be June 22nd, June 23rd for the draft. It's not going to be Canada Day uh, for the beginning of free agency. Uh, So October 6th and 7th for the draft and October 9th. For free agency but what does that where does that leave the nhl in terms of the timetable uh we talked about a couple uh, a couple shows back about wanting to get out of the way of the nba and start your season and, and the olympics as well i mean there's there's just a lot of dynamics here at play so um certainly something to to, to look for and, and what does this mean for the 2020 2021 season
2: well what it means for our listeners first and foremost is you better be listening every single week. <laughs> you don't get an off season here. You better no. be listening because in a couple weeks we have a draft to to uh, look at. Uh, after that, uh, free agency follows a couple of days later, and uh, so y- you better be with us. Uh, <laughs> that's the first first thing. Uh, the interesting part is that um, you know the 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 target date for the NHL. Uh, uh, Next season, the, the 2021 season, uh, was uh, December 1st. That's when that's what we we're looking at. And, um, and Bill Daly uh, 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 participated in a, a question and answer this week. And um, he said that the, the league is still committed to uh, an 82 game season. However, uh, December 1st is not very likely, said Bill, Bill uh, Daly. Um, so uh, when when will it be? Will it be January first? Will it be uh, you know mid January? And and as you said, um, there's there's uh, there are fixtures in place. One being the Olympics yeah. that they have to get uh, the season done by. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know was batted or about was um, wow the 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 bubble system has worked really well. Um, maybe. Uh, the the teams can play in a bubble there would be uh, a bubble for each division and uh and and a, a home base and and uh that, about a week or two ago that was that was kind of tossed out as a, as a possibility to getting the the next season underway well Bill Daly said mm, I, I don't think that's going to happen and mainly it's because of um uh, how difficult it is uh for 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 t- players to be away from their families. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so he, he doesn't see the, the bubble format for next year being all that realistic. He said that uh, they're looking very carefully at um, the, all, all professional leagues, how professional football is going to do, uh, what, what college athletics are going to look like, and what the European leagues are doing. Uh, because as we said earlier, uh, they're underway and they're playing. However, uh, we just saw Jokerit this week. Uh, they have to cancel their next or postpone their next five games. Uh, there's positive tests in the KHL, and uh, so the NHL's got to keep a, a very careful uh, look at that and figure out the other. The other wrinkle is that the Canadian bo- Canadian U.S. border is still closed, and there doesn't look like Uh, There's any kind of uh, movement there. Uh, So what apparently is being talked about is uh, three uh, uh, eight-team divisions with a separate Canadian division with seven teams. So the Montreal Canadiens would not be playing um, uh, familiar foes uh, like the, uh, the, the Boston Bruins, but they'd be playing all Canadian teams. Uh, playing each t- each uh, team twelve games for a seventy two game season. Um, I- again, we remember we, rem- we remember before we got to this this bubble format, this return to play format. How many scenarios we talked about? Yeah, Vegas was a, a lock and and yep. Vancouver was a lock. And so again, um, this is this is all talk. This is things change very quickly. But what we know right now is that Bill Daly said, and and I'll quote him, if I had to handicap it today, it's probably less likely than more that we're starting on December first. So there you go.
1: We'll take that for, and as you said, yeah, we, we did discuss a lot of the possibilities before the bubbles came about in Edmonton and Toronto, and we thought that it would be in Vegas, we thought it would be in Vancouver, and then it just wasn't. So, of course, these are all things that can change very rapidly, but uh, as of now, it doesn't appear that the NHL season's getting going on December 1st.
2: Just one more thing before we leave this, and it has to do with free agency. You, you said that uh, you know free agency is, is set on the calendar for October 9th, and I see online a lot of fans saying, ah, oh, the Canadians, um, you know, with respect to Jake Allen, uh, oh, it's just money. Canadians have plenty of it. <laughs> um, and what came out um, this week was uh, an article by Frank Cervalli. And and he said something that we've been saying for a long time. And that is that uh, don't look at cap space necessarily because, te- because teams... In this uh, COVID-restricted uh, crunch, uh, may be internal budget teams, not full cap teams. That is, that the 81.5 cap limit is 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 one that the league has established, but each team will have its own internal cap. He said that the the Sabers are in and around the low 70 million dollar range for their their salary cap. Arizona, same thing. Uh, uh, maybe a little bit south of that, the Penguins in in the low to mid 70s, and we know that the Montreal Canadiens, um, listen, uh, uh, cap friendly, um, updated their 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 list this week, uh, and it has the Canadians at 12.9 million dollars remaining after the Jake Allen signing. Um, that's, that's 12.9 below the, the league limit of, of 81.5. Um, what we, we, should, uh, we should say, that doesn't include Max Domi or, or Victor yeah. Meta, both who are RFAs and who will likely be re-signed or in Max Domi's case uh, could be traded. But th- those salaries have to be accounted for. So of yes. the 12.9, you have to pay Max Domi and Victor Meta. It doesn't include uh, extra defensemen, seventh defensemen. Who's that? Well, Xavier Willette, He's an RFA. Noah Julson's an RFA. Cal Fleury, maybe. Uh, it doesn't include those salaries. It also doesn't include Jake Evans. Jake Evans is an RFA. We we saw Jake Evans uh, very effectively ma- centering the fourth line yep. in the playoffs. Doesn't include Ryan Paling. I don't know if 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 one or both uh, are going to make the lineup. But but that twelve point nine doesn't include any money for. Evans or uh Paling doesn't include the uh, unrestricted free agents and we don't expect them to sign Dale weeks. Christian Fulan. Doesn't include Charles Sudan. We don't expect him to be resigned or 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 qualified. Yeah. Uh it does include Carl Alsner and something's going to happen there. Um so the point here is that uh 12 million dollars once you start paying all of those salaries and even with the offset of Alzner there's not an unlimited supply of money and at that that's assuming that the canadians are going to go to the 81.5 and we know for the past five years the canadians haven't been anywhere close to being uh, a full cap team under jeff molson they have rarely been uh, a team that spent right to the cap um 26th in salary 24th in salary 26th in salary the last three years so We're not talking about a cap team. So when you're thinking about the Canadians and all these additions uh, during free agency, you have to consider, one, that there's players left to take up some of that 12-9, and two, it's unlikely, or, or at least past history tells us, that it's unlikely that the Canadians will be spending to the cap.
1: But Darren Dreger won't count out the Montreal Canadiens with Taylor Hall. And that is the <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> but, yeah, that's something, obviously, the, the cap situation is going to be far different than it's been in past years. And the Montreal Canadiens have uh, usually been a team that have had an internal cap. So that's going to be something to monitor going forward before we get to October 9th. Uh, but Rick as we said we've been talking about Elliot Friedman had some very interesting comments on how this offseason could turn out for the Montreal Canadiens and we've talked about Max Domi in recent weeks being at the sort of focus of uh, the focal point of uh, this offseason and what might happen with him well. Elliott Friedman threw out Philip Deneau's name is being uh, tossed around and, and sort of having his market tested uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. So we're gonna talk about both of those things after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, A young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
1: All right. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe 19 with me in studio, the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Um, so, Rick, we touched on, you know, uh, Darren Drager uh, talking about the idea of Taylor Hall potentially being linked to the Montreal Canadiens Well, we had Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet with some interesting comments on how this offseason could unfold for the Montreal Canadiens. And in recent weeks, we've talked about the situation with Max Domi being an RFA, having a little bit of an uncertain future after, you know, his three points in 10 games in the bubble. Um, Not ideal production for Max Domi after last year when he had 70 plus points and you thought that he could be this impact player. Uh, Didn't really follow that up uh, very effectively. This season had spurts of effectiveness, but was sort of in and out and didn't really seem like he was, um, you know, he didn't uh, didn't play as well as you would have hoped. And, uh, you know, obviously changing agents as well. Last week we discussed he's now represented by Darren Ferris. That's going to be a, a different uh, you know a different ball game because it's it was, you know, reported that Pat Presson his former agent, had a had a really healthy relationship with Mark Bergervan. So that's another element in it. But a couple weeks ago, we also talked about Philip Deneau and the comments that he made about not being enthralled with his role, not being totally thrilled and on board with what was going on. Um so Elliot Friedman talked about. Uh, Max Domi's situation talked about Philip to but but first let's start with Max Domi because Elliot Friedman uh, saying that Max Domi didn't ask for a trade from Montreal.
5: Domi's new agent met with the Canadians, and he wouldn't tell me a lot, but I, I did ask, look, did he ask for a trade, and he said no. And, you know, that is true. Domi did not ask for a trade. But I think Montreal has a uh, a question here. So they got, they got two young centers who are going to be their guys for a long time, Suzuki and Kotkaniemi, they hope. And then they've got Dano, who's a free agent after next year, and they've got Domi, who needs a new contract now. I think they'll look at the market for both those guys, just see like what's out there, what the interest is. You know, Deneau came right out and said he's not crazy about a situation where he's the number three center. So I think Montreal is going to look and say, okay, you know, what's the market for him? So I think there's a chance it could be Deneau who goes instead of Domi. Like Bergeron will do anything. He's not afraid, right? Like he's fearless. So he's going to do what he thinks is right. And he's not going to be afraid about it.
2: Fearless. Absolutely yeah. fearless. And, and, and uh, I, I hope that's true because you have to make the hockey decisions, not necessarily the ones that uh, are going to be popular. Uh, and I know that, you know, the, the uh, local media, uh, particularly the, 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 the Frankville, Montreal media are pretty high on, on uh, Philip Deneau and, uh, um and and even with respect to uh the Selkie conversation and we saw uh Katuria win that this week. Yep. Um and and really when you look at um Phil Danoe's season, he had a better offensive season and his his uh defensive numbers uh slid and he wasn't, you know, the Canadians weren't very good on the penalty kill and and uh, Phil Deneau is is a prime penalty killer. We saw Phil Deneau uh, have difficulty winning the big face-offs, uh, defensive zone face-offs, and that led to two losses uh, against Philadelphia. So, um, you know, I think I think we have to be realistic about what, what role he's going to have, about what kind of player he is, and about what kind of dollars he deserves. Yes. And and here we have Elliot Friedman, and we should mention this was on – uh, the Buffalo radio show uh, called the instigators with Andrew Peters and former Canadian defenseman, Craig Reve. Um And, uh, and, and I think that, that um, he's saying that, uh, you know, all the focus is on uh, gee is, is Domi going to be the, uh, the odd man out here with, with Suzuki and Kakiniemi and Dano and Evans is Domi, the, the odd man out going forward as we saw in in the the playoffs, and and you know, as you said, certainly that's a possibility with him changing agents and and the whole business with his social media and yeah. and, and all of that. The the signals are there, but but uh, Elliot Friedman he he the hosts were speechless when he said this that uh, uh, Elliot Friedman said maybe not Domi, maybe it's know.
1: Yeah, and I mean. I don't know. We're not here. I don't think we're here having this conversation, if not for the comments from Philip Deneau a couple of weeks ago about his role. And listen, if Elliot Friedman is, you know, he's, he's talking about Philip Deneau looking to get paid. And that is something that if you are the Montreal Canadiens, are you willing to pay Philip Deneau that a guy that has played the top line for you? more out of necessity in years past than, in you know, Mm -hmm. um, him being a first line center. And he's done a a solid job of that. And I'm not going to take anything away from him in that respect. But I mean, if if he's going to say those types of things, and this was the point that I made a couple of weeks ago, the Montreal Canadiens were not expected to be where they were. They were not expected to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were not expected to take the Flyers to six games. If his takeaway after all of that was, I didn't really like my role, then maybe he is the guy that you have to move. Because if you're not looking at the emergence of Nick Suzuki and Jesperi Kotkaniemi as, wow, this is really going to help our team and we might be better, we might make the playoffs next year. If you're not looking at it like that and you're instead looking at, well, what does this mean for me, then... I don't know if you have a guy that can contribute to overall team success, um, and that's something that this is the interesting part of this because I'm saying this about Mac uh, about Philip Deneau. I've also said this about Max Domi. I'm not sure if he is somebody that can contribute to the overall team success, and especially in the playoffs when Max Domi. A little bit of a wild card in high emotion environments. So that's something that I think is going to be really interesting. And if Philip Deneau is unhappy with his role and he's looking to get paid, then there's a conversation that you have to have.
2: And, um, yeah, the Canadians are looking at uh, at Domi and saying, uh, you know, he's an RFA. There's there's uh, an arbitration case there and that could that maybe puts his salary in the 5 million range. Uh, the Canadians are saying, um, is this guy worth 5 million, uh, long-term? Uh, do we want to sign him? And, and I think, listen, Max Domi likes playing in Montreal. He likes the attention. He yep. likes playing center. He, he likes having a, you know, a, a big stage. Uh, but is he the guy? Is, is he the guy? and, and, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, he's down on the fourth line um, in, in the playoffs and, and uh, couldn't really do anything. But even at that, I wanted to see more from, from Max Domi. I wanted to see him elevate his game. I wanted to see him make an impact and be that dynamic player. Uh, and we've had this conversation many times. Who is Max Domi? Is he the, the, the guy that we saw this year or is he the seventy-point guy? Uh, is that a once in a in a blue moon kind of blip? Yeah. Um, and uh, and and we heard Claude Julien saying, you know, when he came to Montreal, he he was supercharged by the by just being in Montreal and having yeah. that role. And and I think Claude Julien's saying, hmm, I'm not sure that that he's can be that guy for us every year. And we know that there has been some tension. Uh, between Max Domi and Claude Julien. So that that's going to uh, play into it as well.
1: And, I mean, when you're having this conversation and Friedman sort of painting it as, well, it's sort of probably, it might be one or the other that the Montreal Canadiens go with. You've heard Philip, uh, Philip denobi vocal about not liking that role. In the course of whatever, whatever, however many games it is, whether it's 72, like we discussed, if there's the Canadian division and all that, or if it's 82 games, uh, which will probably be what it's like going forward in the years following this upcoming season is that a role that Max Domi is going to be willing to accept and I don't know that he will be because I mean you're looking at a guy that said well listen I had 72 points my first year here I had 70 plus points my first year here I'm somebody that I've proven that you can rely on to put up points and that's basically the same argument you're looking at two guys who are making the arguments for themselves based off of a little bit of a small sample size and that's always a dangerous game to get into if you're a general manager because you're trying to figure out well listen which one is going to be more reliable which one is going to be willing to accept a role a demotion if, if that's what it, if that's what it takes and i'm not sure either of these guys are going to be willing to accept playing a third line role uh, even if that might be the best thing for the team yeah and so then, that, that'll, be the, that'll be the interesting part of this.
2: For sure. And so that led to um, uh, Elliot Friedman expand on his uh, comments about Phil Dinell.
5: I, I think the issue is two things. Like I said, he's non-restricted free agent in the year. And I think he wants, as is his right, uh, uh, a big number and i think montreal is worried they can handle that you know can you agree on what the player feels is worth is and what the team feels is worth is that's a question and number 2 like deno like the one thing i don't know deno very well but the guys who do they say they love him because he's really blunt and he's really honest if you ask him a question you're getting an honest answer and after the season you know they asked him about his role and he said look in the playoffs i was like the third line center i don't want that so if you're montreal and you're, you're thinking of turning the team over to Suzuki and Kotkaniemi, you, you know, your risk having a guy here who's not very happy about that. So, And and I'll tell you this, I've heard his name out there, so I think they're at least, I'm not saying they're going to do it, I'm just, I think they're at least testing the market for him.
2: So, and and Elliot's right, you hear those kinds of things about Phil Deneau, that he's bold, he's honest, he's frank, he's confident, uh, put th- th- those are the characteristics. If you put them in a positive light, um, you know, selfish, not a team player, not thinking about others. Uh, we heard about we we heard we we talked about his quote uh, about the return to to uh, play, saying uh, playing in a bubble that's inhumane. No way, I'm not playing in a bubble. Um and and then again, uh, his his comments, uh, as you said, instead of reflecting on on how well the team did, he was, um, well, that's not good for me. I don't like this third yeah. line role. I don't like being slotted in as a as a defensive uh, center, even though that's his, um, you know, his bread and butter kind of thing. Um, and so now we we move, uh, we're a year away from him being an unrestricted free agent and, he has to be paid. And if the Canadians see him as a third line checking center, if they see him as a, a, a Perot on the Jets, Eller in yeah. Washington, if they see him in that kind of role, we know how much that pays. That's three and a half, four and a half million dollars. That's, that's you know, that kind of range. However, uh, we've heard that uh, where, where Phil, Phil Deneau sees himself and where. Uh, his agent is is placing him is kevin hayes kind of numbers and listen uh with all due respect to kevin hayes kevin hayes isn't even worth kevin hayes money yeah. <laughs> um so um seven million dollars there's no way phil denot is is in that ballpark uh so uh, you know wh- what kind of problem do the does mark bergevin have Does he have a self-awareness a, a, a player with a self awareness problem, um, and and so it's it's entirely logical, as Elliot Friedman said, uh, that um, that he's exploring the market for Phil Deneau.
1: Yeah, and I mean this this entire situation with Phil Deneau reminds me of one of my one of my favorite quotes about team sports and about life in general. Great things can happen when you don't care who gets the credit, and mm-hmm. if Philip Deneau is going to look at. The two guys who are emerging and look like they're going to be top six forwards in this league for a long time, with Suzuki and 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 Isbury then then that's a problem, right? And listen, he can be a very effective third line player and and a really really good third line player because we've seen in Spurts that he is an effective first mm-hmm. line player. It's just about accepting that this might be your role and this might be your role across the NHL, right? Like he could go and be a top six forward on a bottom feeding team if you wanted to, and get paid, but not do a whole lot. If he wants to accept this role, there's the opportunity that the Montreal Canadiens could be actually good. And that's something that I think, um, unfortunately, is not really, um, it, whether it is the confidence, uh, self-awareness, whatever you want to call it, uh, just might not be entirely clicking for uh, Philip to know. but. Rick, you had the opportunity uh, to speak with one of our colleagues. We have talked about Taylor Hall. We've given our thoughts on, on that uh, sort of rumor that was tossed out by Darren Drager. We've talked about Max Domi and Philip Deneau. You had the opportunity to speak with one of our colleagues, Sam Gerber, who uh, weighed in and gave his thoughts on all of these things heading into what will be uh, surely a, a very interesting off season for the Montreal Canadiens.
2: I'm happy to welcome Sam Gerber to the Canadians Connection podcast. Sam uh, is a uh, member of the Rocket Sports team, and he looks after our game day feature posts uh, that contains a preview uh, of the Canadians, but also uh, of uh, their their opponent. And to do that, Sam, you have to have a, a pretty good knowledge of all the teams and all the players in the NHL. You keep tabs on on uh, hockey action during the regular season. But uh, when I was talking to you in the last little day, you, you said you've been thinking about hockey uh, nonstop throughout these playoffs.
6: Yeah, I, I, I live and breathe for hockey. It's the only thing I really care about in the world, it's sad to say. But during the playoffs, it's I wish the Habs would have beat the Flyers. And it's, it's tough that they didn't. But uh, I, I can't stop thinking about
2: next season already. So, thinking about next season, the, the uh, Canadians have already made uh, a trade for Jake Allen, taking care of their uh, backup goaltender needs. And uh, now, Mark Bergevan's uh, to do list includes a scoring winger and probably a top pairing defenseman. And to get that, he's obviously going to have to move some people out, and and but but the target list uh, we heard from Darren Dreger this week may include somebody like Taylor Hall. What what's your uh, what what's your thoughts about that?
6: For the last few seasons, the Habs haven't had anybody on their roster that we consider elite. Besides, we can say Shea Weber is elite as a defensive defenseman, or Carey Price, and that he is elite as they come. But as on the forward standpoint, Taylor Hall would be an obvious upgrade. The Habs haven't had an elite winger or an elite center for the last ten plus years. We can add Pacioretty was an elite winger, but I believe Taylor Hall would be an excellent fit in Montreal. I, I think adding he would either go with Suzuki or Miami and with his addition, I, the, he would give the Habs a definite threat to score every time he's on the ice and frankly with the Habs they have a lot of depth but there's never when they're on the ice you're not thinking that they're going to score every single time a certain player is on the ice and if Taylor Hall became a member of the Habs I think the cost might be a little high but with COVID you never know but I think it would definitely add a scoring punch that the Habs desperately need.
2: And the Canadians can—they're—they're uh, they're pretty good at, at uh, possession and five-on-five five play, but it's finishing, it's scoring goals, it's—and—and uh, and maybe even uh, it could help uh, to spark the power play.
6: Yeah, exactly. Scoring goals. There's uh, the Habs definitely lack a finishing touch, and Taylor Hall would bring that. The, the power play was a big reason why they didn't beat the Flyers. I think there was a couple moments they—they they did okay, but it's still there's they. They don't move the puck enough, nearly as they want. I think they kind of stand still a little bit too much on the power play as well. I think you just add a player like Taylor Hall, and it changes this team from a, maybe I would call them, consider them average. Still, I think they did peak a little bit during the playoffs, but I think it gives them just a, a much better team overall.
2: So one of the dynamic players you'd, you'd think on the team was Max Domi, but uh, we certainly didn't see that during the playoffs. Uh, he was on the fourth line and, and given that the team sees him as a, a center and that Max sees himself as a center and, you know, those center spots above him are filling up, it doesn't look like he has a place on uh, the Montreal Canadiens. What do you think about uh, the, 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 the rumors and, and the talk about the Canadians trying to move Max Domi
6: if they move Max Domi it'll be for what they need it's if they get some future assets that's okay but it's it's a tough call Domi loves playing in Montreal he's said it a thousand times already he's had one great season in Montreal this season didn't go his way but it was because of the excellence from Kataniemi and Suzuki once again but I was hoping to see a bit more from him during the playoffs. Yeah, he was kind of shot down there at the fourth fourth line, but he needed to put himself up in the line and he could have taken it upon himself. Yeah, he missed a couple of games and practices with standing out for a little bit due to COVID. I understand that, but when down the stretch, I thought he could have had a bit more and gave a bit more effort, stronger stronger games, and I didn't see it from him. For the Habs to move him, I think they need to get a, a sh- for sure swing or home run swing on a left shot defenseman that is going to be better than Sherrod or Kulak or even Romanov, and we need a top six winger that can score minimum 25 goals.
2: Now, you mentioned about um, Kakanyemi and Suzuki, um, and they performed uh, during the playoffs and, and got moved up to those uh, one and two slots. And uh, once the, the, the Canadians were dispatched by the Flyers, we heard from Phil Deneau that he wasn't really happy with his third-line role in the playoffs. Is Mark Bergevin going to be able to convince him to stay in a third-line role, or is he going to have to be moved as well?
6: that's that's a question for berge van but it's going to be tough for him this is this is almost make or break he's only got a year or two left on berge van's deal and with deno being a ufa after after the next up, upcoming season it's berge van's got to convince them to come back and i'd be making him an offer at a reasonable price i wouldn't go any higher than five million i think that's a bit of a stretch for Danoa. i think he's a Great player as a third line center. I, I think second he he'll do okay at. But I it's been evident that he's he's only scored 13 goals and if they move him, it's Dano's been Bereswan's guy since their days in Chicago. So he won't want to move Dano unless Dano doesn't want to be a Montreal Canadian because he wants to be in a top six. And for Bereswan to move Dano, it should be a team that will be will be willing to give the price for a top top six forward.
2: Yeah, Phil Deneau has, as you said, 12 and 13 goals a year, 40 to 50 point guy, not really what you you expect for a guy who's in that uh, first line role with some pretty good wingers in Gallagher and Tatar. And, uh, you know, seems to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder about being moved down to the third line. And you said something to me when we were chatting about this that I thought was uh, was actually really well said. Uh, You said, all players, all hockey players have an ego or they have a chip on their shoulder. Sometimes it helps motivate them and sometimes it helps prevent them from seeing the real picture. Uh, so do you think this is, is just like a, a confidence thing for Dino or or do you think he really doesn't understand what his value is?
6: It's it's tough to say. Uh Deneau, he he's improved a lot since his first season as the Habs. He has had a couple really scary injuries. He took that Sudano Chara slap shot to the head and, and I think he's had a couple other injuries that have held him back a little bit and maybe we haven't seen the the true number best of Dano yet. But that being said, he's getting he's almost in his prime, so if we haven't seen it yet, it's pretty rare to see that there's gonna be an obvious upgrade. I think the chip on his shoulder, it's kinda blinding him a little bit to seeing the the bigger picture. He's born and raised in Quebec. I thought he loves playing in Montreal. I thought he would be okay with living in Montreal and playing his his rest of his career as a Montreal Canadian. It's He grew up a fan there, so I thought he'd be happy with that, but maybe it's a negotiation tactic for a trade or a new contract. I don't know. It seems to be both ways. It happens with the teams do that as well, but it's going to be tough to say what happens and I I kind of hope to know stays and if they don't, I think the Habs need to, to move uh, or to at least sign another veteran centre in his presence that's going to be good on faceoff. Because Kateniemi did struggle in the playoffs mm-hmm. and faceoffs, and uh, Dano did not.
2: Last question, and I'll put you a bit on the spot here: is if you had your pick uh, for a player uh, that would have to be traded or or, or uh, unrestricted free agent, who who would you think would be the biggest splash uh, that Bergeron could add to the lineup uh, for the upcoming season?
6: It would be Taylor Hall. Uh, If uh, wishful thinking, I would go with um, Anthony Mantha, but I don't see any picture that Detroit would move him. They're still rebuilding team, and he's still quite young. But Anthony Mantha would do wonders in Montreal. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, I think Taylor Hall's the obvious choice. He's a proven scorer, and he will just take this roster up to this forward group, at least up to another another notch.
2: Sam, this is uh, this has been great. Thanks for joining us on the Canadian's Connection. Uh, if you want to chat with, with uh, Sam, if you want to follow him, you can uh, find him on Twitter, Gerbs76PK, G-E-R-B-S 76PK, uh, is a great follow, and uh, we're going to have you back again. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: And we're back, and that was a fantastic interview and a, a great job at Endless, and I mean... It's, it's great to hear from from our colleagues, as we we heard last week from our colleagues and hearing again and uh, weighing in and, and providing uh, a couple minutes where listeners don't have to hear me talk, which is <laughs> a, a bit. I know that that's been a constant uh, comment on this show. Uh, too much me, but yeah. <laughs> but great to hear from Sam and then hear him yeah,
3: weigh
1: Sam's in. Strong. Yeah, on, uh, on certainly, as I said, is going to be an interesting offseason. With a lot of dynamics here in play, and, and Max Domi, Philip Danell at the very center of it for the Montreal Canadiens.
2: And I should say that that Sam, uh, and 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 when I introduced him, I, I I said what his role is. But Sam, um, you know he, he always mess He's always thinking hockey, um, and he always messages me and says, uh, "What do you think about um, this deal? What do you think about?" He's always. Trying to look for solutions yeah. for the Montreal Canadiens He's 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 uh and and really uh takes note of, of what all the other teams are doing. And I said to Sam, uh listen, um uh it'll um I told him when the, the episode will come out and he said, Oh, that's perfect. He said, I usually listen to you guys when I'm driving the Zamboni. Uh, yeah, it, that's perfect. I mean that's, is that's the is there a Canadian thing. Exactly. <laughs> we have Mike Raschel, who listens uh, to us in the barn. Uh, with the cows uh driving a tractor (laughs) sometimes and we have uh our other team member uh sam gerber um and listen uh, who's not who doesn't aspire to drive a zamboni
1: oh man that's there's an entire song about that yeah yeah, Uh, that's right i I don't know if that's just a newfoundland thing there's a song i want to ride the zamboni yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) but yeah oh man uh but yeah as i said great to hear from sam and as you said somebody constantly thinking about solutions for the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, this will be an offseason where uh, coming off of that 2020 unexpected uh, playoff run in the bubble, uh, there's going to be a lot of ideas, a lot of things thrown out there about how to improve this Canadiens team. And uh, certainly great to hear from one of our, our friends and colleagues here at Rocket Sports Media, Sam Gerber. Um, so, Rick, uh, we've had our say, so we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And when we come back, we'll wrap this thing up.
0: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com.
1: And welcome back to episode 101 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, before we wrap this up for another week, uh, we do have a a comment from from our friend and colleague, Mike Raschel, on our 100th episode last week, which I said already was an extravaganza of epic uh, proportions. uh, And we, we got some some comments from some of our colleagues.
2: We did, and and uh, really nice to to hear from from all of them. Uh, I'll just yeah. read briefly from from Mike, uh, who has joined us on the Canadians Connection. He, he says, "Great hundredth episode of Canadians Connection, having Lindgren and Farnham on. I think says it best. These are players who you've both discussed, whether positive or negative, in previous episodes. The fact that they came on with a quick note speaks to your credibility as journalists." You are both able to entertain and speak to the truth on what's really happening, all while being respectful and fair to those involved. Keep up the great work. And we really appreciate uh, yeah. we appreciate those those supportive comments. And uh, that's what we endeavor to do is be uh, honest, fair, respectful, and and be the the source uh, that uh, you've come to trust over the past uh, decade or so. Also got uh, a nice uh, note from Dino who's uh, catching up on a couple of episodes. Um, and uh, he he uh, wanted to also share thoughts. His, Thoughts about the passing of of uh, uh, Dale Harachuk. He said thanks uh, for sharing uh, the thoughts about Dale Howardchuk. Cornwall Royals, Winnipeg Jets, Team Canada, humble, modest, and team player first. A team player first. We saw, we talked about uh, Dale Howardchuk going into that role as an offensive superstar for Team Canada '87, but played a, a checking role. You do what yeah. you're asked to to, to do. Uh, Philip Deneau. <laughs> um, and, and it says uh, yes he's a team player first despite all his talents and skills and that says it all and says uh, have a good show I'll be listening and uh, thank you thank yeah. you for for listening thank you to all our listeners uh, and uh, we we've we've had a an explosion of, of listeners uh, during the pandemic coverage and also during the playoffs. And we're glad that uh, uh, you continue with us as we transition now to the next season and, and those big events on the NHL critical dates calendar that are coming up, the draft, the free agency. Um, And, and we're, we're happy to, uh, we're happy to, to meet every week and and give you a capsule of, of what's been happening. Cause every week there's, there's something happening and I'm sure there will be this upcoming week as well.
1: Absolutely. And as you said, well, it's going to get uh, pretty fun, pretty quick with the yeah. uh, draft coming up with the uh, free agency, with, Teams now, I mean, once the playoffs wrap up, other teams that have been eliminated are are free to make trades with each other. But once every team is available to make trades, that's when the real fun begins. And I think we're going to be seeing a very, uh, very interesting offseason with respect to teams trying to uh, maybe shed some cap, get a little bit of, you know, get some prospects. Like you mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins earlier in the show. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun going forward, and we're going to be right with you every every week here on the Canadians Connection podcast as we as we have been um, as for the past couple of years. And we've we've not even in the pandemic, we were here every week discussing the news that was coming out and and, and providing you with uh, with a sense of normalcy or doing our best to do that. Um, and uh, we're going to keep on doing that, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun going forward. So Rick. Uh, we'll say uh, thank you to all of our listeners, as you said, uh, for tuning in for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, thank you for tuning into the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.